everybody, it's Mickey. Um, normally I would start the show by saying we've got another mini-episode, at the risk of a Disney pun. But I kind of think that this episode is going to be a bit longer than usual, because I'm going to try and cram seven concert roundups into this one. Hopefully, that'll get us through 2015, finally, in time for the start of the 2016 summer tour, which begins just a few days from now as I record this. I still have the 2016 spring tour to get through, which is part of the 2015 tour, but at least we'll be out of 2015 by the end of this episode. We uh, took care of the August and September shows, which would be the end of the summer tour and the Paris shows. I did forget to mention one performance that Jimmy and Mac did at the dedication of the Buffett Bridge in Pascagoula. I thought they only did a couple songs, but they actually did more like 8 or 10 songs, maybe even 12. That show was not broadcast, so I'm not going to include it in one of these episodes. But I did want to at least mention it, and I thought it happened after the Paris shows, but in fact it happened about a week before the Paris shows, so I really should have mentioned it in the last episode, but I'm taking care of that right now. So that takes care of the August and September shows. Now we're into October when Jimmy and the Reefers came back for the fall leg of the tour. That started on Thursday, October 15th in Santa Barbara. Uh, my apologies to the people that went to the Santa Barbara show, but I didn't think that, I didn't think there was that much noteworthy about it. It was a good show, obviously, but there wasn't very much that called attention to itself. One thing I did... One thing I did take an interest in was Come Monday, because Jimmy disses California in the song, and I'm always curious how he handles singing that song while in California. So here's a clip of that. California is calling again I just can't wait to put up my fence So that takes care of the Santa Barbara show from Thursday, October 15th. Now we jump to Saturday, October 17th for the show in Las Vegas. Here's a clip from that show where Jimmy and Mac introduced the song Five O'Clock Somewhere. We're going to uh, get Mr. Mac McAnally over here, the eight, eight time, eight time CMA Musician of the Year. And he's up again. When, when is the contest in? Oh, First week of November. Coming up in November. Yeah. November, November. Yeah. At the CMA Awards, right? That's it, yeah. Mac, Mac has a suit, too. He goes to the awards in a suit. It was going to be for my funeral, and I've used it seven times so far. You going to the comedy club after this? <laughs> Straight over there. Straight to the comedy club. I'm dead in the All right, well, good luck with that, that suit of yours, but uh, we're out cheering for you. Now, do you go out and have throw wild parties like uh, Kanye and... and uh, and Kim, after the after, you just go raise hell and and, and everybody drink. in the drive-through line in White Castle, I buy, I buy it all. All right, that's a man of the people right there. What, at what time does the, the, the does it start? Seems like it's always around. This is an easy bunch tonight. <laughs> uh, I promise you, we're not going over any four-syllable words at all tonight. Okay. <laughs> Five o'clock somewhere. somewhere. Got it. Go, okay. Jimmy brought back Elvis Presley Blues for the Las Vegas show. Here's a clip of that. I was thinking last night in Las Vegas about Elvis. 
Day that he died, day that he died. Was supposed to get us some cheeseburgers, and instead he took us to church. This reminds me of Thousand Island dressing, which I would never put it on a cheeseburger. No. No. It'll play the, the guitar. will play the song, but we'd never do that because what do we like on our cheeseburgers? Lettuce and tomato. What else? French fried potatoes. What else? Big kosher pickle. Mm. Mm. Good God. Good God. Good God. It's Sunday. It's Sunday tomorrow. I think James Brown has just been transformed in here tonight. Little Jimmy Buffett had a flashback to a James Brown concert where I sat in the balcony at Fort Whiting Auditorium and watched James Brown go, Ow! I feel good. And I had a cheeseburger. If you think I'm making that up, you're right. Why don't we get drunk and screw was an encore for this concert, which gave Jimmy a chance to say some nice things about the... We were just sitting back at the... This is the best Las Vegas show, uh, and we've had great ones, but damn, you people are wild out there. Thanks for making us feel that good, but uh, this party is not over. The last song of the night was Brown Eyed Girl, and during it, Jimmy helped me introduce the next group of concert roundups by going through the rest of the tour itinerary.
Tuesday, October 20th, the band was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And uh, you might know that city from being the setting to Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. And the creator-producer of those shows, Vince Gilligan, was a special guest for the Bing and Bong show. And I happened to have watched Breaking Bad for, I think, the third time. I did a, I did a big, epic rewatch of the entire series. And I noticed, or I... I was reminded how Skylar White's car wash is called A1A. And it got me thinking, could there be some kind of Buffett reference in there? Since it seems strange that she would name her car wash after the road to Key West. And if you just wanted a top listing in the phone book, why wouldn't you call it AA1? So um, Jimmy actually asked Vince Gilligan about that car wash name. Hey, dude. Great to be here. Well, it's great to be in your backyard. Well... Needless, you know, we are all big, big fans. Oh, my God. I can't even, this has blown my mind. This is, meeting you guys is, I've been, I've been going to Jimmy Buffett concerts since, since the early 80s. This is like, I never thought I'd get to meet you. This is so cool. I can't even believe it. Well, we, and then, well, it's, it's cool here, and it's, the temperature's cool. Temperature's very cool. Good. And then, uh, also, one thing I have to thank you for, because I know you slipped a little in, in one Breaking Bad, we did. Car. We did. We slipped. The car wash, right? We did. There's, there's, Thank a, you. There's, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, there's a car wash in, in Breaking Bad that uh, that the uh, main character winds up owning, and it's called the A1A Car Wash. And when it was time to name it, and it's an interesting thing when you name things on a TV show or a movie, you have to get clearance and you have to make sure that it that no one else has already named that. But we felt like. This is oh. a, a place that ought to be named, like, you know how some places are named out of the front of the phone book? They're like yeah. AAAA1 yeah. exterminators sitting oh. in the front yeah. of the phone book. Oh, I'd have never sent those lawyers after you. <laughs> Dewey, Cheatham, and Hal, I'd have kept, them in, their, I'd have kept them in their cages. Back so, off, back off. Back off, back we, off events, man. Yeah. A1A. But we figured, you know, if we're going to start with a bunch of A's, why not A1A after your wonderful album and after the, the, uh, the road down well, to uh, South am, Beach? It's yeah. an honor. So, we've got a question for you. Oh, that was the question. No, no. Hanky. Hey, give us another it's question. Like, it's like Kar- Karnak. We, yeah, we're... I, got, I got a question for you. Yes. Vince has a question oh, yeah. for me. Okay, no. When and where was your first Buffett concert? Uh, when and where? Uh, it was King's Dominion, which is a uh, yeah, yeah. amusement park in Doswell, Virginia, just yeah. north of Richmond. Yeah. That was probably 83 or 84. Okay. Went there a couple times. Uh, saw you there. Saw you guys there. Yeah. Both you guys there a couple times. And then in Bristol, Connecticut, probably 87. And then uh, Santa Barbara, California, Santa Barbara Bowl, probably 91. Okay. okay. 90, 91. We're loading Vince and all this in. His lovely girlfriend, Holly Willow, and everybody now with swag. They got free backstage passes. All oh, right. For life. That's right. Awesome. I got a question for yes. you. Are you going to do Convoy tonight? <laughs> C.W. McCall. C.W. McCall. Convoy. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. See, he's, he's in the movies. Man. I know. He he know you know your history, oh, don't you? Oh, yeah. 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 I, had, I had the 45. I mean, I, I saw the movie because I thought you y'all were going to be in it. No, no, we would have, but it just, you know, it sort of, it ran over. They well, they couldn't get the opening scene, the convoy film. Yeah. yeah. So they, you know, it was a Sam Peckinpah film. Sam Peckinpah, Chris Christopherson. Was yeah. That's right. It was Chris yeah. and Alan. See, McGraw. Chris used yeah. to take yeah. his band and put them in the movie. Movies, yeah. Don't get any ideas, Coral. Reaper. That's right. That's right, yeah. Evidently, it was very chilly in Albuquerque that night. Jimmy made many references to how cold it was during the performance, and uh, he even gave Johnny Lovell a new nickname during the introduction to Pencil Thin Mustache. 
Okay, I got to switch guitars here. Hang on one second. This is uh, anybody that's been to New Orleans that survived. That's good. I was one of those people, but uh, we're going to take you down there tonight for a little Dixieland here, uh, featuring John Cold Lips uh, Mar Martini over there. Uh, so a little New Orleans music to get us in a little dance and move tonight. Y'all look like you're way ahead of us in that category, so let's roll. The band did Fruitcakes, and as usual, Jimmy rewrote the song to fit the situation. Well, I had to go home and rewrite this song because, uh, you know, I like to fly, and you've got a space station in uh, New Mexico. I'm going. So, uh, I didn't get to visit it this time, but when I do leave the Earth, there's a probability that it'll be from right up there. So, anyway, I am that kind of a fruitcake that I want to go to space, you know? And then, speaking of fruitcakes, there's a little TV show around here called Breaking Bad, huh? You're talking, you heard of that? So this goes out to my, my new best friend, Vince Gilligan, and all his great staff here in Albuquerque who knew that. Better call Saul, so, uh, and also, tomorrow, October the 21st, 2015, is when Marty McFly goes back to the future. Talk about a fruitcake. Let's go. Paradise, lost and found. time in Albuquerque and we're here to have a ball. If you see Walter White in town, tell him to give me a call. I'd like to see his camper because it warrant went breaking bad. Or maybe by Jesse and Margarita down at the launch pad. A fruitcake's here from town and down from Santa Fe. Son to Tucson Carey, it come from far away. Half big cowboys from Las Cruces, rolling fatties on their buses. There's a little bit of fruitcake here in every one of us. Back to the future. Now you have this big space station. It's not so far away. Tomorrow's Back to the Future Day. So here's to Marty McFly and old Doc Brown and that damn DeLorean. And any aliens here from outer space who come to have some fun. Instead of Robert G. doing the instrumental, Mac took over and did his version of Little Martha. And after that, but before Banana Republics, Jimmy came out and said the following. Vote for Mac! Vote for Mac! That guy can play a guitar, man. He's my buddy, too. Here you go, Holly. Now I'm wondering if that Holly is Vince Gilligan's longtime girlfriend. 
While we ponder that, here's a clip from after Bama Breeze as Jimmy has a breakthrough. I, I just, in the middle of that song, I think I had a revelation. So somebody can either, can either verify this or look it up on Google and let me know by the end of the show. But I think I did play here before. Because you got to go way back. Because when I got to that little line in that song about Ronnie and the boys, I believe that we opened for Leonard Skinner in Albuquerque. Happy you weren't alive, that's okay. But somebody fact check that for me. I just, I just want to see if I'm right, then I'm not having a senior memento. All right, look it up, Red. Let's, let's find out if we, let's get this story straight. In the meantime, we're going to that one particular harp. Here's Jimmy and Mr. Utley during the intro to Why Don't We Get Drunk and Screw. Well, nothing like a little hula hula to get your moola moola schooler schooler. <laughs> and uh, sets up uh, uh, one of the, uh, I don't know, probably in all the love songs that I've written, this, this might go down in history as probably one of the most interesting ones. Well, wouldn't you say, since you've been here forever, Mr. Michael Utley? Well, this is this. This, this, this. Is this going to take long? Or? No, no, it's just, it's my favorite. It's your favorite love song. It is, that you've written. I know. We were talking today because Mike at one point in his career that didn't know, he was, he was in move, many movies a long time ago. In fact, he was in a, a movie, he was here on location in Albuquerque. For how long? Two months? Well, I was here a month. A month? Didn't do a thing. Convoy, remember Convoy? Convoy, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. C.W. McCall, on board. We're not doing that song, no. <laughs> That'll be next time, okay? But we're going to do, this is your favorite love song? Yeah. Okay. It Harlan Howard said, three chords and the truth. And that pretty much takes care of the Albuquerque show. Curiously, the song Cheeseburger Paradise was not done during the show proper, but was saved for an encore. And the last song was Brown Eyed Girl. Thursday, October 22nd, the band was at the Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles. This show was not broadcast on Radio Margaritaville or Margaritaville TV, so we're just going to have to skip it. And that takes us to Saturday, October 24th, the final night of the fall tour. Normally, the last song of the show proper is Changes. Tonight, it was the first song of the concert. And it seemed that uh, Jimmy didn't want the show to end because he sang an extended version of Off to See, Off to See the Lizard, but without telling the rest of the band.
the volcano got a new name. Yeah. I saw a pink car coming down to PCH today, so it inspired me to get a pink guitar, not the blue guitar. That's a pretty guitar. This guitar came, this the guitar was dug out of molten lava uh, after a volcanic eruption. Where, 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 where was that? Uh, uh, it was uh, uh, where volcanoes come from. I don't know. Uh, Ontario. Yeah. No, okay. Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a whole volcanic field out in Ontario, California. You didn't know that? I didn't know that. Yes, yes, yes. The Inland Empire is full of volcanoes. And, there, and there's one... What's, what's it called? Go ahead. The name of the volcano? Yes. Oh, it's, it's Mount Inland Empires. Jimmy decided to rework Cheeseburger in Paradise. And there's something in it. What's that cooking out there? Popcorn or something? I don't know. Some business. Could be cheeseburger. I think so. I think it's grilled onions on cheeseburgers. I'm going to put them on it tonight. I'm going to put them on the cheeseburger. Are you going to sing about it? I'm going to sing about it, too. I'm going to start. I'm going to fake. I'm going to see how. I like mine with lettuce and tomato, Heinz 57 grilled onions and french fried potatoes. I can get it in there. I'm a semi-professional songwriter. Let's do it. Cheeseburgers on the house! Actress Maureen O'Hara had passed away this same day. She was a frequent co-star of John Wayne and probably best known, as far as I'm concerned, for her role in The Quiet Man. In remembrance, Jimmy had this to say about her following his performance of A Pirate Looks at Forty. Thank you, pirates! Maureen O'Hara, the queen of the pirates! Oh, yeah. My spirits are running, yes. We lost Maureen O'Hara today. Boy, she was something, huh? I was, uh, I was a young, kind of wannabe seaplane pilot, and uh, I remember Maureen O'Hara. She was married to a pilot named Charlie Blair who lived in St. Thomas. I just got down there. I didn't know what I was doing with my life and my world, but he would fly his plane back, and Maureen O'Hara was on the dock dressed like she was going out for a roll, and she... She would meet his airplane every day, and he'd sweep her up in his arms and kiss her, and then go off to the bar, and I went, I won't be like that. <laughs> so, Maureen O'Hara, God love you, honey. Spirits are moving. Here's a clip from Brown Eyed Girl, where once again, Jimmy decided to sing an extra chorus without telling the rest of the band. broadcast ended with Uncle John's band, but Buffett News suggests that Jimmy also did Tin Cup Chalice, but that takes care of the fall leg of the tour. 
So we jump ahead to November, November 5th, which was a Thursday. And Jimmy and a stripped-down version of the Coral Reefer Band showed up at the Meeting of the Minds get-together to play for the diehard Parrot Heads down there. And since Jimmy knew he had a uh, fairly captive audience of, of his biggest fans, he really opened up and, uh, and talked a lot about every single song. Every song intro was lengthy and very interesting. So here's why the length of this episode pretty much doubles. It's because of this show right here. I thought it would be just a simple show to get through because it's only around an hour long. But uh, no, I have I pretty much have to include every single song intro because they were so interesting. He did the entire Pink Crustacean album and also a few encores. So uh, here we go with the intro. Uh, the, I mean, the, the intros were so long. This is an intro to the intro to Great Filling Station Holdup. Anyway, uh, always something fun happens when you come to Key West, right? So... Uh... Oh, look, it's eight-time CMA Musician of the Year. Thank you, Bubba. Wait, do that again? Uh, thank you. Now, I thought, you know, you'd think by now that after winning that prestigious award for eight years in a row that Mac would kind of go... He'd go kind of out there on us, and I, I wanted him to have that thing on a big gold chain and wear it here. Because I, I, I put a picture up on our website. How, how big is that statue? It's, it's large. It's, it's pretty good size, yeah. yeah. And you have eight of them. Yeah, there's eight. Yeah. Are they in the back of your Suburban, or where, where, where do you keep them? There's, there's four on the mantle in Muscle Shoals and four on the mantle in Nashville. They're getting a little crowded, but that's a good problem. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Here's the intro to Cuban Crime of Passion, where Jimmy actually spells out that they're going to do the whole Pink Crustacean album. a big star here now yeah um I'm, I'm glad things you know things have a have a way of working out and this this was something that they just did that so this was supposed to be max night and we stole it because i i needed my band back for saturday so i thank you for letting us do it this way and uh so let's face it you've heard this stuff for a long long time So what are we going to do to kind of get exciting, you know? It's like, how many quarters can you put in the magic fingers before it's dull, you know? So uh, I thought about it coming back to Key West. So simply what we're going to do is uh, we're, we're going to do the entire White Sport Coat and Pico Station album. That is a present from us to you. So... Uh, And uh, I have I saw Tom Cor Corcoran, my friend, as some of you know, who was you know down here taking pictures when nobody knew who he were. And uh, and we actually rehearsed the first time the Coral Reef Band ever was together was in a filling station on the corner of Simonton and Fleming, where he had a hat shop at that time. Uh, that that college degree and that naval uh, education served him well in that hat shop. 
Uh, I was glad he was there because he let us have the garage next door, and that's where the Coral Reefer Band uh, first rehearsed. And uh, we played, it's not there, many things are not here anymore. And, and so, you know, you know where they are, but uh, our first gig was at, uh, at Logan's Lobster House, uh, uh, which was, no, it's, it's not, but the Santa Maria next door. So there, there's a geographical distance here, and then the San Maria was where I heard there was a there was a piano player named Billy Nine Fingers, who turned into Billy Voltaire in my song. And uh, the cool thing about being here is, first of all, just being here and thanking you for all the years that you've done this, for listening and doing and helping other people out. But the really cool thing is that from here, we're playing Key West tonight in Havana on Saturday. Here's the intro to Grapefruit Juicy Fruit. Okie dokie. Now, uh, as, uh, as pieces of uh, musical history, we have, uh, we have two people who actually were, uh, were on the uh, recording of uh, White Sport Coat and a Pink Crustacean. Who are still in the band? Can you? Do you know who? I'll give you a clue. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Michael Utley was. Uh, I spent a long time recruiting him and stealing him from Chris Christopherson, and uh, uh, back then uh, it, it was okay because he was he was drinking back then, and it, it was much easier to steal him. Those things. I'm not sure I'd have had that, that much luck this time now. And then, uh, and we went to we went to Nashville. I was living in Key West, and and not much was happening. I was working on a fishing boat and play, playing Howie's Lounge on Duval Street. And my old uh, my old manager Don Light, God rest his soul, called me and said, "There are these guys that want to do a record deal." I went, "Really?" And so, uh, White Sport Boat Pre Crustacean. Uh, in Nashville, they still hadn't figured me out yet, and back then they really didn't know what I was doing. And uh, so I said, "Well, I'll come up." And so uh, I got uh, I got a check for I actually got a check, which meant you were an indentured servant to the record company. With it, but I took half of it and bought a boat because that was my insurance policy. I figured, you know, this thing may not work out, but I can buy a boat. I can sing. I can cook, and I can I can do okay. And then the other we spent on the album, which we made in three days at Glazer Studios. A day and a half. Well, I, I'm, okay. Well, thank you, Mr. Utley. I had to do vocals. I had to do some polishing after you, but tracks we did in a day and a half. Yes. And then that's where we were introduced to, uh, as you know, doilies. We got any doilies out there? We got some doilies out there. Mr. Dahl Gresham has been on every record we ever done. Don't stand up, Doyle. No, do not stand up. You're good there. And of course, along the way, these little elves all tripped into here. So uh, it's a happy group of musicians on here now on this stage. So, and you know, I was down here writing, went to Nashville, and did that record. And uh, I'll get into some other fun stories later, but. Uh, this was this was written uh, out on Stock Island uh, for the uh, at the Islander Drive-In Theater when it was a when it was a growing concern and uh, there were there were two really hot spots there there was 
There was the airport bar, which opened at 5 a.m., which is typical Key West. Uh, yeah, <laughs> come on. And then they had it timed right because nothing ever really closed downtown. So you could go to the Boca Chica, which stayed open until 5. And then you could go to the airport bar, which opened at 5. There was a logic to this place that defies description. So, uh, yes, I've made a musical journey several times. And then in between there, there was the Islander Drive-In Theater, where God knows what went on in that parking lot, you know. The floorboards of hell were in the bathroom at that place. So uh, this is a little snow called grapefruit, juicy fruit for anybody who is lucky enough to go to the Islander in those days. Here's the intro, middle, and outro to Peanut Butter Conspiracy. When we, when we did White Sport Coat, we did it, and I went back to my, my bar gig, and then when the album came out, a guy called from uh, ABC, and you gotta, uh, you gotta remember what was going on at Key West at that time, and uh, let's just say, this is, well, first of all, I'm way beyond the statute of limitations before I say this. And, uh, you know, somehow I became the background music to the smuggling way of life. And, uh, and I was tempted occasionally to get into it because in those days, they actually unloaded in the middle of the day uh, down at the shrimp docks. It was, uh, it was a whole different thing there that was going on. So um, <laughs> I, was, uh, I was working those bars back in those days. and. Uh, I, I wanted to write, I was working on a song and, and I, didn't, I didn't want to do, uh, I wanted petty crime in the song. I didn't want to get into any major thing. And then, so this guy calls me and then all of a sudden I got tempted at one time, like, like somebody said, you know, you could go on this boat and you could, that, that record money you just got, we could double that for you. I went, really? You could? It's kind of like, let's make a deal, Key West style, you know? And, uh. I was really thinking about doing it, and I got this call from the record guy. He said, you know, this album is pretty good. I went, you really think so? I said, I don't know. I've never heard from a record company before. He said, so much so that we want you to go to, uh, to New York and, and play at the, uh, at, at the Maxis, Kansas City in New York, which was a big deal in those days. And I went, yeah, but I got this kind of job I may do. And, and, and uh, his name was Corb Donahue, and he talked to me out. He said, you know, this is this is really a good record and you should go do this. So I had no band, but I had a friend named uh, Vaughn Cochran and he played washboard and he had, a, he had a shop out on Stock Island. And I took Vaughn Cochran as a washboard player and went to New York and played that gig. And uh, there but for fortune went I. And so uh, this is as close to petty crime as I ever got in this town. So this is a little song that goes back to my mini mart days in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. years later I'm on the bus we're leaving Memphis going to New Orleans to do jazz fest and we were up rather late and we went through Hattiesburg I stopped and I put two hundred dollars under the door of the mini mart got back on the bus went to New Orleans it was a two-man operation don't you go anywhere mr. eight-time yeah 
Was there a big party in Nashville last night? Did you go out and whip it up with all the winners? I had part of a margarita last night. Get out of here! I, I'm, it's a confession and I don't even have to do it. I'm a Baptist. <laughs> you had part of a margarita? Part of a margarita, yeah, which is That dangerous. was good because I posted, I posted a picture of you on our website because I knew you were going to win. <laughs> and, uh, and it was a picture of him having a part of a glass of rosé in Paris. And that was like in September. And he looked so happy that I thought, we don't get to see, we have a name for him when he does this part of margarita or, or a, an eight sixteenth of a glass of rosé. <laughs> you're, you're running into Johnny Spring Break. Yeah. Watch out. Watch out. So, big party up there? Big. Big, big party, yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you pick up my awards? Well, oh. it was disgust. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. Got, I'm, I, in my next career, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I've, I've got loners. Okay, good. Okay. In the, in the meantime. I, I don't get to play this song enough. Uh, I love this song. I really do. And, uh, most people know the story of how I got here. I, Jerry Jeff Walker brought me down here in a, in a 1947 Packard. And uh, what a lot of people don't know is when I, was, when I was living with him, working in a garage while I was waiting to get a job in Miami, uh, I got into a, a book of poems by Kenneth Patchen that, that, uh, that Jerry Jeff had at his house. And I just kind of love the poetry and I love the story. And I, loved, I didn't know anything about it. It's great when you discover great writers that you didn't know anything about or, or great songwriters or anything like that so um, and uh, it happened at the right time because uh, I was reading all this Kenneth Patch and stuff and he died very young and uh, and then I was going out trying to deal with the you know after the record deal came along having to get into it uh, it it, uh, it kind of puts some interesting situations and challenges and decisions that you have to make and, there's, and at that point, there's nobody out there but you. Uh, and that's why, you know, narcissism, yes, I am a confirmed narcissist because there was nobody back there who gave a shit at that time. <laughs> you were on your own and you better be good. So uh, this, is, uh, this is for Jerry Jeff and for the great Kenneth Patch. And it's called uh, Death and Unpopular Poet. Here's a Truman Capote story from Lovely Lady. Once you get to Key West, it always comes up in songs. I mean, I guess I was the first one to figure that out because the only people here in that day were literary people, you know. I used to play, uh, I played a couple of gigs for Tennessee Williams by his pool one time, you know, because all he wanted to hear was Hank Williams songs. And, and then I did a very successful tour of Duval Street, from Crazy Ophelia's to the Bull and Whistle to uh, Howie's Lounge, and I knew I was on my way. A Neil Sedaka story from the intro to He Went to Paris. <clears throat> one of the one of the cool things about once I once I dropped my anchor in Key West, I was pretty much set here, and I had to figure out a way to to make a living elsewhere because uh, the, the great big tour of Duval Street kind of gave out pretty quick. 
And uh, so I wound up, uh, you know, working out of Nashville. And uh, at one point, we used to do these, uh, they were like uh, showcases. You'd go and, and there were acts on, and you'd, you'd try to get people would come watch you. And so I was lucky enough to have somebody, uh, a great a great friend who passed away a few years ago, named Richard Harding, who owned a, a club in Chicago. We got any Chicago Parrotheads out there? Thank you. So I bounded off to the quiet night. And uh, it was an interesting experience because it was so unique because as the opening act, you would work for a month and the, and the headliners would change every week. So in, in, the, in the space of one month, the first person I opened for was Jerry Jeff. The second one was Dan Hicks and the Hot Legs. The third one was the, the Siegel Schwal Band, the blues band out of Chicago. And the fourth one was Neil Sedaka making a, a comeback tour. Now let's say the first three were cool. So, uh, and then at that point you're, you're getting into it, and and there was a, there was a great old guy who was uh, who was like hung around. He clean. He was the cleanup guy, and uh, his name was Eddie Balchowski. He was he was a, a one-armed uh, piano player, and I would sit up many nights and listen to him play, and he'd tell me stories about his war days in the in the Spanish Civil War and. He was like a ex very eccentric junkie artist in Chicago, but uh, that's, you know, time on the water is where you learn about stuff. And Eddie Bachowski taught me a lot of stuff. So, uh, and he is, he is actually uh, who I wrote He Went to Paris about. And, uh, and so, always when you get, yeah, I never get that serious because there's serious moments, but then there's fun stuff. So, let's, let's go to the week I opened for Neil Sedaka. So this is the last week, and I'm getting a little bit of a following in Chicago. I'm hanging out with Steve Goodman and John Prine, and things are going great. And they were so great to me in those early days up there. And, uh, and so Neil Sedaka, who was a great songwriter, you know, Tin Pan Alley, kind of brill-building New York songwriter kind of guy. And I mean, we all knew about my age, Neil Sedaka's song. So he comes in and... Uh, Let's just say the audience, and I opened the show, and they look like, uh, I don't know, it was, you know, it's like many buses had come from New Jersey. It was the Jersey Shore had come to Chicago. Neil, baby! Yeah, we love you! And I'm going, and I'm folk singing away up there going, holy mother of God, what am I going to do? So... They booed me uh, sufficiently for the first 30 minutes, and then Neil came on, he did his first set. And this place exploded. I mean, when, when you're in a performer, you can, get, you can get a room going. Listen, it's a hard thing to do, and I give them all the credit in the world, but I'm going, I'm, on the other side, I'm going, they will kill me uh, on the second set, because I've got to go back up there, and they've heard him, and i got to do something here. And so there was a barmaid there, and I said, you know, you got to have, what should I do? And she said, come on, come with me. So we went down the street. We went to a, a, a used clothing store, and she bought me, like, some 50 shoes. And, and, and I got it, and I did an Elvis, and I got uh, some Depp and slicked my, when I had hair back. Uh, and, and I got very drunk. And uh, I went back for the second show, and I went up, and I did Elvis impersonations, and I had them on the table. And I went, follow that, Neil. <laughs> and on the other side of it, 
And uh, that was the beginning of a long and wonderful relationship with the city of Chicago and Richard and, and Eddie. They're gone, but uh, that inspiration, uh, I've never really told that story to a large audience before, so there you go. A Jerry Jeff Walker story from the intro to Railroad Lady. This is a, this is a song that Jerry Jeff and I wrote during that experience down there. And uh, back in Nashville those days, I, I wasn't getting anywhere as a songwriter. And, uh, and, I, and then all of a sudden, uh, the first person who ever cut one of my songs was uh, Lefty Frizzell. And he did, uh, he did Railroad and Lady. And uh, then, then, then Waylon Jennings, Waylon did He Went to Paris. And, uh, and that was, I made about $35 on both of those songs. And enough to pay part of my bar tab. And, uh, but then Willie did The Railroad and Lady and that, that was pretty cool. And uh, so uh, this, and then I had, the great thing was that that song kind of got known, it got notoriety. And the fact that it was, it, we actually went on a train. It was uh, Toad Andrews and Jerry Jeff and I rode to New Orleans on the train. And uh, the thing it was, many years later, Jerry Jeff said to me, I think it was on his like, 70th birthday, he said, you know, I got to tell you something now. I don't ever remember writing that song. <laughs> I said, well, uh, he said, thanks for including me, but did we really do it? And I said, yes, we did. It was a, so uh, he, uh, he, he thought all along that I just kind of made it up, but we, we actually did write the song together. So... Uh, Here's the intro to Why Don't We Get Drunk and Screw. We're rolling right along here to uh, the religious part of the show. As you can tell, there, is, there was a, a lot of uh, country in that first album, wasn't there, Mr. Utley? Yes. And to Don Gant, who produced that, and Don Light, as I said, was responsible for it. So somewhere in the middle of that, I had to go down to Atlanta and, and work at a place called The Bistro on West Peachtree. And... Uh, and so, as, as a performer, when you get off the night, uh, Atlanta was not, let's say it's, it wasn't as hot Atlanta-ish in those days as it is today. And so, the, the action, there were about two or three clubs out on in, in the Piedmont area, and then everybody went to the Marriott because it was open for 24 hours, and you could get what was referred to in those days as a soaker. If you'd had a little bit to drink, you wanted some pancakes or a burger or something. You remember that part of living? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I was sitting there, and uh, I was couldn't help but listen in on this conversation of this businessman and the young lady at the, at the uh, booth. So I wrote this song about it, and I went back and I played it in the uh, I played it in the studio when we recorded it at Glazer Brothers, and I remember Tom Paul Glazer saying. I can't believe you, that you actually did this to a country song. And I said, well, uh, it's just, you know, Harlan Howard always said country music is three chords of the truth. And uh, so here's the truth. And uh, the great thing about it was, why don't we get drunk and screw became this huge jukebox hit. And I thought, my God, this is it. I'm gonna get to buy a Boston Whaler or something, you know? A 13-6 with a 40. This, this was a long time ago. But uh, the thing about it was, the mafia controlled the jukeboxes in those days and they didn't pay royalties on a jukebox play. That's true. You've heard of the mafia? 
Okay. okay. Yeah. I used to work for them. I, did, I never put that on a resume, though. But, uh, but anyway, that was the true thing about it. Is I, never, I never made a dime off of the jukebox play because they, would, they wouldn't pay you. And I wasn't going to ask. Hey, Carlo, where's my fucking money? Nope. So it just lived on as, and remember, this was a very risque song. This is before Flavo Flav and Snoop Line and, and uh, but in, in Nashville, but everybody who, everybody that I knew who was a reformer loved it. So uh, we're going to do it. And there was, uh, and when, Let's just say my producer was a little conservative at the time, and we had a little, we had a few words about whether it would be on the album or not. Because he said this could destroy your career. I said, Why? I don't even have one yet. How can it destroy it? I mean, we don't have anything. This could, this could make it, you know. And uh, so he, he just threw up his hands. I was a little, I could, I could be insistent if I wanted to. And I, the great thing about it was I was insistent on having players in the band that I wanted, not players that they provided for me and he was the first one that I wanted in that and Burl Gretchen and to Tommy Cogbill and uh, Sammy Creason, Reggie. Reggie Young, to everybody who played on those first records before I ever had a band, uh, I'm going to dedicate this song to them because those guys played for a living and, and I'll never forget them cracking up when, I don't think we, it was the only song we didn't get in like one take because people were laughing so much. Uh, so. Uh, Let's have fun with it right here at the good old Casa Marina tonight, huh? Here's the intro to A Pirate Looks at 40. Did you hear that? Yeah. Eight times CMA winner just yelled, hell yeah. Have you had a part of a margarita? It lasts a long time for me. <laughs> You're still have feeling the effect of the partial margarita. I get it. When we do Margaritaville night, waste ten away again on a partial margarita. Hmm, I'll work on that, okay. In the meantime. Now we jump ahead about a week and a half, still in Florida, to the opening of the Margaritaville Resort in Hollywood, Florida. Jimmy and the Reefers performed outside the restaurant because I guess the uh the theater inside or the stage inside was too small. Here's the intro to Son of a Son of a Sailor. Leslie, it seems to be blowing. There are squalls out on the Gulf Stream out there, I see. Yeah. Now you know where that came from. So uh, it's going to blow. I, I saw what the forecast is. So all the sailors are in port tonight. They all seem to be right here drinking heavily because that's what sailors do. So... Uh, for anybody who's going out when the wind calms down, here's a little song to take with you, all right? When the wind blows this hard, all three of my hair start blowing around, you know? Movie producer and director Frank Marshall guested on Margaritaville. We've spotted a special guest tonight. Uh, Although he, he, he makes a, a, size of a, a kind of a living in the movie business, uh, uh, the, what, Jurassic World, that did all right, didn't it? Yeah. And uh, this is Mr. Frank Marshall, my dear friend and, and stand-in guitar player here, who flew all the way from London this evening to be with us tonight. And uh, 
And, and also, um, he, uh, he was responsible for Jimmy Jurassic in the movie. The, if, you, if you saw Jurassic Park as the, uh, as the uh, flying, uh, what are those things? Pteranodons. See, he knows. He's in the movie business. The flying pteranodons start gobbling the crowd. Jimmy Jurassic saves the blender. And two margaritas to boot. So. I made scale and got my SAG card done on that one. But uh, we're going we're gonna to take you to... Uh, we don't have far to go to Margaritaville tonight. Some days we play the songs, we are far, far away. And we have to dream of Margaritaville. Now you can stumble into it tonight. Yes. Let's go. <laughs> Jimmy dedicated He Went to Paris to the people of France who had suffered a terrorist attack the day before. Um, we have to be the, uh, the fun people, but the world goes on around us. This guitar was bought in Paris, France two years ago. To all my friends in Paris, fun is the only way out of this. And humor is the absence of terror. My best wishes to everybody out there. And the volcano once again got a new name. That squall's still out on the Gulf Stream. Y'all don't have to worry about that. I'm your weatherman here tonight. All right. Yeah. Okay. The good thing is we got rain, but there's no volcanoes in Florida. Oh. Huh? No, no. No, there's got to be volcanoes. There's, there's one. Where? Uh, Yeehaw Junction. Okay. You know where you. Yeehaw Junction is? I know exactly where it is. You know, there's a huge volcano there. It it's called Mount Trash Pilus. It's, yeah. it's about to erupt. It's about to erupt. Can you feel it? So that takes care of October and November. Now we jump to the end of December for the New Year's Eve concert in Brooklyn, New York. At last, the final show of 2015, and also the first live music for 2016. Our first clip is Come Monday. Jimmy was about to be joined by special guest Jenny Lewis, but he was a bit preoccupied because he didn't see any extra microphones set out for her. All right. What is this? All right. We've got a uh, we've got a a few special guests out here tonight. Uh, why wouldn't you have on New Year's Eve? It's come home, isn't it? Yeah. She's got it. Oh. Okay. I was checking on some things up here. <clears throat> 
The captain of the ship was a bit disturbed there for a minute. Uh, no one told me there was going to be a portable microphone. Okay. Anyway, uh, I had the great pleasure of, a couple of months ago to meet a talented, talented great lady who sings and is working with us on the Margaritaville musical soon to come out. It's cool. And uh, I met her through uh, my daughter, Savannah Buffett, so the very talented, and some of you know her, Miss Jenny Lewis. Come on out here, honey. Yes, ma'am. Oh! I am underdressed. I am overdressed. No, no, this is good. So. So we're going to do a little thing because we're working on it on the show, and uh, we thought we'd just put, put it in there tonight. But this is the first ever duet of Come Monday that I can ever remember, wow. you know? Jenny will do the part of the woman in the song. But I am a pirate looking at 40, Jimmy. Uh, oh. My 40th birthday is next week. You don't look an... Jay over 26 in my book. Thank you. All right. Come Monday, it'll be all right. I hope you're enjoying scenery. I know it's pretty out there. Here we can go hiking on Tuesday. With you, I can walk He was joined by another special guest for Volcano, and the Volcano got another name after the song. All right, it's a, it's a New Year's Eve crowd, I can tell you that. Yeah. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of bubbling up going out there. Bubbling up, like in a volcano bubbling up. Oh. Champagne. Champagne? Champagne. Well, there are bubbles in champagne and there are bubbles in volcanoes. So perhaps we should pop a cork on both of them this evening. Huh? Yeah. Do you have, do we have our friend coming up? I think so. Okay, we're going to bring another guest up. This is my good friend, Mr. Chris Yankee, who's working with us on the musical, too. Our musical director from there, direct from Isla Mirada, Florida. You... Coming out of shoot two, Chris Yankee right there, all right. I don't know. Anybody could show up on this stage tonight, huh? <laughs> That's Mount Brooklyn-Conomus. It blows. Chris Yankee, thank you so much, all right. The microphones happened to pick up Jimmy's drink request after Pencilton Mustache. 
All right. Here's the intro to Cheeseburger, where Jimmy talks about soakers again. to midnight. Just thought I'd throw that out there. So, uh, <clears throat> would you like your cheeseburger now or later? That's it. <laughs> well, I got a better idea. Why don't, we, why don't we have two of them, huh? Let's just get prepared because I'm gonna, we're going to serve up uh, an imaginary cheeseburger right now, but later in the evening, as you all know, in, uh, in rock and roll, that would be about 4.30 or 5 or 6.30 or 7 in the morning. That would be called a soaker, when you might go down to the White Castle. Or Five Guys or the In-N-Out, you know, one of, one of those places. And, and the great thing about it is, in your mind, at, at that time of the morning after New Year's Eve, you're, in your mind, it's clear to you what you're saying. You're saying, hello, good evening, how are you? I've had a great time, and I just like a cheeseburger, and I'd like mine with lettuce and tomato, Heinz 57 and french fried potatoes, a, a big kosher pickle, and a cold draft beer. Does that sound okay to you, my dear? But what's really coming out of your mouth is this. I like a cheeseburger. I like some pickles and some pussy shit on it. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, to go, there you go, I want to, to go. That's just the way it goes. So let's, let's do the one we're clear on right now, okay? <laughs> There's a bit of pre-song chatter before Finns as the band discusses how much time they have left before midnight. Midnight struck right after Finns as 2015 became 2016.
Happy New Year, Huey! This part is not over yet. Well, we just burned up the set list. We're just going. Put it on autopilot. Here we go. Margaritaville was broadcast on network TV, and here's the audio as Ryan Seacrest introduces Buffett on ABC, their Rockin' New Year's Eve program. All right. Well, it's about time we're uh, we're going to switch over live. There's a big show on that's going from Times Square to here all over the world. He's so the we're going ultimate on purveyor of the laid-back lifestyle, an American institution. He's live at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Let's hear it for Jimmy Buffett. Happy New Year. Thank you, Ryan. Let's go to Margaritaville. <laughs> Second to last song was Fruitcakes, and as usual, Jimmy had new verses for the occasion. And the last song of the concert was Lovely Cruise, and you can hear Jimmy reminisce about the whole year during this song. I'm sorry it's in but I think this party might continue. <laughs> it's been a lovely cruise. These moments we're left with the Parrothead marriage. May you always remember the blue men. These moments are shared by few. And who could forget the cactus that fell from the sky? I got wind in my hair. Margarita. And that's it. 
We made it through the year. We got through 2015, and now we finally got, we just barely got into 2016. Now, thanks for sticking with us, and hopefully we'll be able to go through the, the four or five spring shows from April, and then get into the brand new tour, which, as I record this, is uh, going to be happening in a couple days. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for sticking with us. It's been a That's life on the North Coast That's life on the North Coast